So let's continue then in our series called Be the Light. There is a woman named Christine Kane. She is a Christ follower. She's a public speaker. She's an author. And she is the initiator of A21. She's from Australia. And she has given her life to trying to overcome human trafficking. And she tells this story of one day being at a Walmart where she was shopping with her little girl who loved Dora the Explorer. And the little girl wanted a Dora Explorer flashlight. And so they found it at this Walmart. As they were standing in the checkout, the little girl was turning on and off the flashlight and she said to her mom, mom, it's not working. It's broken, it's not working. And the mom recognized and said, well, honey, it's not working because it needs darkness. To which her daughter said, well, mom, then let's go find some darkness. And Christine Kane recognized, man, this is what Jesus has called us to as light. Light, in order for it to be effective, or useful, has to find darkness. And this is what Jesus calls us to. This is our purpose. In Matthew 5, 14, 16, let me read you the text that we have been going through. It says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, what is the importance of light in darkness? I mean, light in darkness, number one, gives life. It gives us life. I think many of us, especially myself, have forgotten about a plant in a back bedroom or a room in the house that doesn't get a lot of sunlight. And one day we walk in and the thing is just deader than a doorknob, right? It's just reality. Why? Because it needs light. Light gives direction. All of us pretty much now in our vehicles have an automatic turn on for our headlights. And so when it gets dark and it's getting more difficult to see, they come on. Why? Because it gives us this direction. Also, light provides safety. It helps us feel safe. We all know that a lot less crimes happen during the day in the light than at night, right? Light also brings encouragement. We understand this after a long winter and the sun starts coming out, days are longer. There's this, like, this extra step. Uh, in our lives. We, we're excited. We, we just love the light, right? It encourages us. But light also exposes flaws. You know, I don't know, in guys that love to work on vehicles, uh, when they're getting down to doing the paint job and they've prepared the body of the vehicle, they'll take a light and they'll shine it real close to the body to check and to see if there are any flaws or dings or scratches. And light reveals flaws as well. It also 
illuminates a bigger picture. When you turn on the light, you see much more, right? And I think this is really what Jesus was getting at when he called us to be the light. I think he is calling us to see a bigger picture of the world around us and that it's not all about us. Light exposes so much more. It allows us to see so much more. And when Jesus calls us to light, he calls us to look beyond our own lives and to see the world around us. So in order, of a, in order for us then to be light in darkness, as Christ followers, as the church together, we need to live our lives then in two ways. The first way is through gospel demonstration. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, first of all, when I say gospel, I'm talking about the teachings of Jesus. And when I'm talking about demonstration, I'm talking about living out then the teachings of Jesus. That is the goal. It's interesting that when Jesus started his public ministry, he read about the prophecy that was prophesied in the Old Testament. He read it when he was just starting out his public ministry in his hometown in Nazareth. And this is what he read about how he would live, what he would do. In Luke 4, 18, 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the freedom for the prisoners, the recovery of the sight for the blind, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. After he read this, the religious leaders in the synagogue were so uptight, they took him outside of the community, the town, to the edge of a cliff, and they tried to throw him off because he was proclaiming that he was going to live like this. But what's so interesting is, is that soon, half, soon after he spoke these words, he followed it with his deeds. He actually did what he said he would do, and people started to notice. People started to recognize, this guy is different, right? So throughout the life of Jesus, when he entered a town or village, he would always speak in word in the synagogue, or the local temple, but then he would always follow it Indeed, He would go out to the street and he would heal the blind. He would take care of the demonic. He would deliver people from their situations. So wherever he went, as he spoke in word, he followed it indeed. And people were amazed. In Luke 10.25, a leader of the law, a teacher of the law, came to Jesus and asked Jesus, how is it we're supposed to live? And Jesus quotes the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. And then the man inquired further, well, then who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus shares with him the familiar story that we're, we all have all heard, the Good Samaritan. He talks about how a man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, 
and how he was beaten up and robbed and left for dead. And how two individuals came down, actually religious leaders, saw him beaten up, and it says in the text, they passed on the other side. But yet a third man came, had pity on the man, knelt down, took care of the man in many different ways. And then Jesus asked those listening and asked this teacher of the law, which one was the good neighbor? And the man obviously said, the third one, the one who cared for this stranger. And then Jesus turns to him and he gives this charge. Go and do likewise. And so when it comes for us to be this light in darkness, Jesus calls us to this gospel demonstration to live out the teachings of Jesus to those around us. And so in this present time of what we are in, I want to give you two examples of how we can live out the gospel demonstration, even though right now we're restricted, obviously, to be physically around other people. I got this great idea from a spiritual formation professor I had last year for a retreat. He sent me this letter that we can utilize for our neighborhood. And I want to read it to you because I want you to use this. Just put it in an envelope, just write on it, say, hey, neighbor, and then drive around with your kids or family or whatever, and just put it in their mailboxes. And this is what it says. We adjusted it to our family. Hello, neighbors. Most of us know each other, but just in case, my name is Bill. Sherry and I and our daughter, Kate, are your neighbors at 4426-331st. In this unusual time for our world and communities, we wanted to reach out and make sure everyone in our neighborhood feels supported and has their basic needs met. Like you, we have been paying close attention to the news about COVID-19 and the changes in our usual patterns of working, shopping, playing, and living in nearly every way. We love living in this neighborhood and want to express to you all our willingness to help. If we are able, if anyone in our neighborhood finds themselves running short of anything. No, we don't have stockpiles of supplies, especially toilet paper. We are not hoarding. I added the toilet paper line. But what we do have in connection to our work or church, we would love to share and gladly. If anyone finds himself lacking any basic needs, please let us know and, and we'll do what we can. It will stay anonymous. You can text or call us and leave a message and we'll try to get back to you quickly. We'd be happy to pick up items at the store if necessary. We're happy to drop them off at your doorstep if you're not feeling well. Our thoughts and prayers are with you all and thank you for making this neighborhood a great place to live. Bill, Sherry, and Caitlin Berg, I have my cell phone number on there, and then Sherry invited them to connect with her on Facebook. It was so interesting. Uh, Sherry and Kate put these out in our mailboxes, and within an hour, we had a text from an individual that said, I received your message, and I'm blown away by your kindness, your willingness to help. And so that's one way. Another way is just for us to encourage our leaders. Now, obviously, our school district is trying to figure out in so many ways how to 
take care of students today, families, uh, how to educate at a distance today. And so we all have been receiving emails about what they're doing and the adjustments. And so when I received the last email yesterday, I just sent back a quick note to Dr. Rudolph. And I said, hey, way to go, Dr. Rudolph and district team. You are in a place for such a time as this. Boom. Just encouraging, encouraging. This morning, I received an email back, not from Dr. Rudolph, but an assistant. But it says, hello, Bill. On behalf of Dr. Rudolph and the administration team, we would like to say thank you. You have no idea how encouraging your email is. There are many challenging decisions to be made in a variety of situations to navigate. To We would just like to say thank you so much for your support and encouragement. And then this last little line, your, me, your email has been a bright spot in our day. Man, I mean, my email was like 15 words. But today, many of our leaders are carrying so much weight, things are changing so rapidly that instead of us trying to pick apart what they're doing, we have this incredible opportunity to bring encouragement, bring appreciation. So let's be people who are light in the world and live out gospel demonstration. But secondly, living out gospel demonstration isn't enough to be the light. It has to be coupled with gospel proclamation. Let me explain. Again, gospel means the teachings of Jesus, right? The proclamation then is telling people about Jesus and what Jesus has done on the cross for us, how he has come, forgiven our sins, and provides us eternal life and provides us incredible transformation in him. We need to be this light in the world, not just through our deed, but couple it with the word behind it. You know, it's interesting, statistically, they say that only 2% of Christ followers talk about Jesus to other people. Only 2%. So if we would take that statistic and we would say, okay, you know, the amount of people that come on a Sunday at New Hope Community Church, that would uh, equate to roughly 14 people at New Hope that actually like talk to other people about Jesus. And so we need to rearrange that and make sure as we live in deed that we're also living it out in word, right? It's a critical, critical piece for us. You know, we understand that that farmers today recognize they need to go actually out into the field to plant seeds. That's how Christ met unbelievers around him. He realized what many Christians today still don't seem to understand. Cultivators have to be out in the field. So according to one count, in the Gospels, they record 132 contacts that Jesus had with individuals. Six contacts were in the synagogue. Four of his contacts with people were in the temple. 
but 122 of his contacts were out on the streets and in the neighborhoods with the people. He was out among the people in his deed and how he lived, but also in his word and sharing how people can experience a different life. Not only for this life, but for eternity. And he calls us out to do that, to go. In Matthew 28, 18, 20, very familiar scripture. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? Go. Go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I have taught you. And he says, when you go, I will be with you till the end of the ages. So when we go, and we go out, and we go out indeed through gospel demonstration, Jesus said, also go out through gospel proclamation, and as you go, I will go with you. I will be with you. So for us to be light in this world, it means living out those two actions, gospel demonstration with gospel proclamation. And Jesus says he will be with us as we live that out. And as we do that, it's amazing the impact and the influence that we have in East Central Minnesota around us and the influence we have on darkness. And to give you a reflection of that, I want to share with you this brief video of what's going on with our youth group and how kids are being excited about Jesus. Matter of fact, uh, just this last week, the youth here came in and did a live stream through Instagram, getting out to their peers, you know, worship and, and Justin talking about Jesus and just staying connected through the word. And so I would want you to be encouraged about what God is doing in and through all of us here at New Hope as far as being light in darkness. Let's watch this video. Uh, I like Youth Cube because I can bring my friends here and um, it's like fun to learn about God and it's not like actual church where it's like a lot of singing. It's like really understandable when I come here. What I like about Youth Group is friends, we get to hang out, uh, talk about God. What I love about Jesus is that He always is with us no matter where we are and what we feel like we've been doing. I like youth group because I get to come here and see all the students, all the middle school, the high schoolers, and I get to learn about their day-to-day -day life and get to see them grow in their relationship with God. Loving God is like living your life to, to be exactly like the way that he lived life, not falling into that temptation and always relying on him, um, knowing that we can always read the Bible and pray just to listen to him. I'm gonna talk to him too. Jesus changed my life because I was in a bad spot in life, so I came to him and learned about him and just he changed my life forever. I like youth group because then I get to um, have a moment with God with all my friends. What I like about youth group is it, it lets me be with my friends and get deeper into the Word of God. 
Jesus has always been in my life, but from the past year, I've only ever come to take him seriously. And now that I've prayed to him and really paid attention to him, I feel like my life has progressed so much more. I love Jesus because he doesn't really judge me for who I am and he loves me anyway no matter what. Um, the way God changed my life is just understanding how non-judgmental he is and just how much love that he pours into us so that we can pour it out into other people. Ah, uh, yeah, youth group is very ministering. <laughs> the holy, fresh Jesus. I like coming to youth group because it's a way to connect with God. I like coming to youth group because I can be with my friends. When I had a lot of toxic relationships with like my mom and her toxic abusive boyfriend. God was just easy to lean on to help me through it. I like youth group because it kind of gives you a good like space to share whatever you want without being like judged or criticized. How fun is that to see our youth being reached for Jesus? Now, as I close, I recognize that presently we are not able to be together physically, but in this time, I believe God has given us the ability to be creative in how he calls us to live out the gospel demonstration to our neighbors, to our authorities around us who are trying to lead through this time, uh, even through our uh, bosses or um, employers, and how is it we can encourage them, but then also living out the gospel proclamation. How is it we can share the hope of Jesus with others? And it might be just sending links of what you have enjoyed, either out of New Hope or other churches, to people around you. I believe today people are more open to receive a word from God than before. People are seeking, they're asking questions. And so let's be a people who live as light in darkness, who are creative during this time, inviting God to work in and through us and to be a light that looks beyond our own situation to a greater situation in serving and reaching others around us. Let me pray for you, New Hope, and then we're gonna go into a final worship song and then a blessing from Pastor John. Let's pray. Father God, I pray your favor over the people of New Hope, that their light would shine, not only in their homes, but in their neighborhoods, in their workplaces, if they're still able to work during this time, uh, in just being the good deeds that you have called us to be and the good words that you have called us to share and that we would just be light and darkness. And so bless each one in your name, amen.